Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check tailgatesociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods and I'm joined as, as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? Just trying to say cold in this Texas heat. My goodness gracious, it's like 110 degrees every day for the next week. Coming in hot out there. Down south, it's a heat wave. Also coming in hot, we have Ted Flint in the building with us. Ted, what's going on? I'm 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 just back from the fair. I am full of funnel cake and hot takes, and I'm excited to talk about those screaming goats. Was this the county fair? It is the county fair, man. I live down here on that Missouri border, man. You know how this was. We have bingo and funnel cakes. That's our entertainment. There you go. There you go. And speaking of entertainment, we got another another hot one, another hot MCU takes, as Ted alluded to. We're talking about Thor Love and Thunder tonight. Um, it's I actually listened to a podcast about this earlier today as I was leaving work. And there was some stuff that they said that I agreed with, some stuff that I disagreed with. Um, where do y'all want to start? Do you want to talk about the movie? Do you want to talk about how we're feeling about the MCU coming into Thor? What were, what were, let's start there. What were your feelings like coming into this movie? What did you want out of this movie? What did you want Thor Love and Thunder to do for you in order for it to be successful? Emily, let's start with you. I wanted it to be like Thor Ragnarok. That's probably my favorite favorite MCU movie just because it's so fun. It like it's funny, it's quick, it's colorful, it's well written. And so I wanted it to be like that because Taika Waititi is the director for this movie as well. So I'm like, oh, this one is going to be exactly like that, like in terms of like how engaging it is. And uh I guess like I'm going to throw it out here early spoilers. Like we're going to talk about spoilers. So like, you're going to make it to this point and like, sorry, thank you for listening. But if you haven't seen Thor love and thunder yet, um, we're going to ruin it for you after this. And so I just feel like it, in terms of my expectations of it being like another really fun, fast paced story that like leans into building the greater MCU storyline it was just kind of like, well, this is, this is fun. And it was enjoyable and there were some good pieces for it, but I feel like in the greater universe, it just was like, what are you doing? Like, how is this fitting in there? I think the the word directionless is something that I keep coming up with. And I, I feel like you're alluding to that as well. Kind of like in a holding pattern, you know, this is like the sixth phase four movie. And we're kind of like, you know, what are we doing exactly? Where are we going with this? Certainly understand, you know, Ragnarok was so singular in its tone and kind of reinvigorating the character and stuff. And it was a side project almost feel, but then definitely you felt, especially at the end when it's leading pretty much directly into Endgame, even though Black Panther came out or uh, Infinity War, excuse me, even though Black Panther came out between the two, you still had a clear sense of direction for, um, you know, what Thor's motivation was, how Asgard was doing and, and what the next steps were. Ted, what are you thinking um, about it? How how are your feelings going into it? What did you want and how are you feeling now? So I, I've seen this movie twice. I went and saw it by myself and I went and saw it with my sons because... I love my boys, but they ask a bunch of questions. I'm like, oh, they're going to ask so many questions during this movie. Let's just go get that done. I enjoyed it a lot more the second time once I realized that, oh, so this is not going to be a movie that figures out the better, the bigger story. And I can just enjoy hanging out with characters that I enjoy. 
Like, but at the same time, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I just rewatched these movies with my youngest to get ready for this one. And that this movie just threw like a cold bucket of water on that third Guardians movie. Like, they sucked in this movie. Like, I don't know if that's too hard of a, bad of a like too harsh of a word, but like, no, it's just I wish uh, Kevin Feige would just come and be like, we don't know what we're doing, so we're just gonna throw out like eight movies that are just by themselves. They are not connected. We hope you like these people were good, but he doesn't do that crap. So like you have to go into these movies expecting to like find Easter eggs or connections. And like it, none of these are connected. And I know Arnold's going to get into this later. Like the after credit scenes have been garbage about five movies now. So, I mean, I liked it. I'll watch it more often than say Eternals or even Shang-Chi, but that's just because it feels like a SNL movie where it like has skits and I can just jump in. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that makes sense that it kind of is because it does have those like pieces that are just like so great as like a superhero movie. Maybe not necessarily um, again building to like a greater story, but just like for entertainment as a as a standalone movie, it was very entertaining. I want to talk a little bit about what you said, Ted, as far as the Guardians, and then I want to mentioned something about the broader conversation about where we're going and how it's being perceived. I mean, it's not a, it's not a secret that this movie isn't performing as well critically as, as previous Marvel movies and certainly the, the last Thor movie Ragnarok, which is pretty highly regarded, but to your, your point about the guardians, Ted, they're in the movie for about five minutes and it's kind of like a microcosm of what's wrong with the movie in general. And that's not to say there's, there's parts of the movie I liked. I thought overall it's pretty average um, mid tier Marvel to me. Um, But the guardians in the movie, like don't really have anything to do. And this is a pretty major franchise within the MCU. Those two guardians movies are generally pretty well received, especially the, the first one. And then they play an integral part in Infinity War and Endgame. And of course, we know at the end of Endgame, Thor goes off with the Guardians and it's sort of like this. Be- the beginning of this movie is just like, hey, they're there. Remember remember when Thor left with the Guardians? Okay, we have to establish that. And then, okay, peace out, that's it. And it's I almost wonder if they could have done... I don't even know if they could have done more with them or if they could have even not had them in the movie and... and just explain it away really quick that like, yeah, Thor was with them for a couple months and then he bounced. I don't know. I, I agree though. I feel like it was kind of mishandled the, the guardians piece of this movie. Or have them come in at the end and be like, we left you alone on earth for two weeks and this is what you did. You know, like look at the mess you made. And like, not like, I mean, does Drax even say a word in this movie? I hope, I hope Dave Batista got paid because he just right. literally shrugs of a rocket launcher, you know, like, um, yeah, and I feel bad. Like, I'm I'm not a Chris Pratt apologist. I don't like the guy, but like Star Lord outside of the Guardians movies is just I don't know if his character's written wrong, but like he just isn't a guy that I like. You know, in this one, he's really bad. Like he just is there to be just tell Thor to go find someone he loves, basically, right? You know, but yeah, that, yeah. That, it's tough. It's tough. I agree with that. And you get into the different directors and the different writers, and I. Th- think the tonal imbalances is noticeable which sucks because like you know 
Thor's a pretty, it became a pretty fun franchise with Ragnarok and, you know, quippy and jokey. And that's kind of the Guardians vibe, but it's still like not quite aligning correctly. I don't know. Emily, what do you think about that? I agree with that. I think that there's not, they're not coming together. It makes me think of, so I work in brand marketing and I'm like, oh, you can't have your voice be the same across things. Like you're going to start having issues. And I think that's, that's where it is with, this because it was an opportunity is like you mentioned guardians i did like reading about this movie before it came out i thought they'd be a bigger part of the movie um and it made sense because the guardians movies are very like fun and sharp and thor ragnarok was like that and it it seemed like those two things could be married together really really well and it wasn't and it was kind of disappointing um just from like a a viewer standpoint, even even looking at the movie as a standalone, it's like, oh, more could have been done in terms of the writers when it comes to bringing these two franchises together. Do you think that's because no one knows how to write the Guardians but James Gunn? Like, I think that's a bigger issue. Like, like you said, you said the voice, the marketing thing. Like, James Gunn has done all the Guardians. Like, how do you not bring him in and be like, you direct this 10 minute part, you know? It's interesting. Cause that's what they did in infinity war, right? Like infinity war was directed by the Russos, but James Gunn was on the set. Um, I, I didn't remember, know that. Yeah. I remember reading stuff about him being on the set and then also just having meetings. And it was a combination of like, he wasn't on the set every day that they were shooting, but the stuff, the, the parts with the guardians who are pretty heavy. And I think the, that the guardians kind of like start the second act um, of infinity war. And so gun combined with like Pratt and the rest of the actors are kind of like telling the Russos like, okay, this joke works. This joke isn't a joke that they would say. And it's kind of like this collaboration. And I wonder if that just like didn't happen on on this piece um on on thor 11 thunder and, and maybe that's the product of you know they're only going to be in the movie for this five minute section of the first act and so it's not really necessary to bring james gunn in on this um he's already writing the third one so i don't know i'm not sure but i agree that it's something just fell off about their part i also wish that they would have saved the uh it's not paradise city that the the song that plays there what is it sweet child of mine Oh, that's the end. Um, welcome to the jungle place. Oh, welcome to the jungle. Yeah. I wish they hadn't revealed that part in the trailer. Like, I wish they would have kept that like under wraps. So I like that would like I think that would have helped a little bit of it. Like, I wish they would like kept all the uh, Guns N' Roses songs under wraps. But like, I really feel like that would have helped that Guardians piece because it would like, I don't know, pull me in better. I don't know. I have a I have a question that I want to pose to you two, or I have a thought, I, I guess, a thought experiment. So we're kind of beating around the bush of this movie. It will we'll we'll I'll do a quick plot summary. The plot summary is God, I should have written something down. So Thor is with the Guardians helping out. He gets a distress call from Sif about Gore the God Busher. The movie opens on Gore the God Busher, who is this, you know, devout, pious guy who worships this specific God or sets of gods who turn out to play him, basically. Like his daughter is dying 
he finds them and wants them to heal his daughter. She dies and they kind of like laugh in his face. And so he devotes himself to killing the gods. And so Thor gets the message from Sif about the gods being killed. So he leaves the guardians with Korg and they go um, try to create a coalition to help stop Gore. Um, Enlists, of course, Valkyrie on Asgard and then Jane Foster, who is battling cancer, um, which we'll talk a little bit about that. That's from a specific storyline in the comics that I didn't know that they were going to use, but they ended up doing it. But um, Jane has cancer and she becomes um, transfixed on trying to use magical properties to kind of heal herself. And she gets called to Mjolnir and she becomes the mighty Thor. Mjolnir allows her to um, pick up the hammer. And every time she becomes Thor, it also, you know, um, she becomes strong and gets the strength and the ability to throw the hammer and use the lightning, but it also makes her sicker, makes her cancer worse. So she has to deal with that. Um, Gore captures some artist guardian children to lure Thor and Jane and Valkyrie to this like shadow realm. Um, he wants to uh, meet up with eternity, the, the character of eternity to like, um, bring his daughter back. There's some fighting, there's some jokes. Um, eventually Gore, um, gets his wish. He, he finds eternity. Um, instead of wishing all the gods dead, actually he wishes for his daughter back. The movie ends with Thor taking care of Gore's daughter because Gore, um, dies in the end because he has the necro sword. The necro sword is destroyed and along with it is Gore. That was a horrible recap, but that was the best that I could do off the top of my head. What else did, did I miss? Did y'all? you mention that he gets a wish from Infinity? Did I miss that part? That's why Eter- it, Eternity. Yeah, Eternity. Yeah, I did okay. mention that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was going to be Galact. I thought that was going to be Galactus for a hot minute when they showed right. up there because it looks like him a little bit, but I was wrong. His shape. Sorry. So I I want to pose this to y'all because I believe that. One of the one of the consensus of this movie and, you know, phase four in general is that it's kind of like we don't know what we're doing. Right. Would you all agree with that? With with that? Do you, do you agree with that statement about phase four and about this movie? Or do you that's the first thing I want to ask. Do you do you, would you agree that it's kind of a, crit, a, a critique, a valid critique is that it kind of seems like we're directionless and we're, we don't know what's going on. With the broader story. Yeah, so my conspiracy on this, and I'm probably wrong because I'm not a smart person. So I think that Chadwick Bosman, Boswick passing away, put a huge wrench in this. I feel like they're like they had like a whole thing written out where Black Panther's gonna be in all these movies a little bit. And now they're scrambling to like find a content a connective tissue. I'm not sure where it would have been in any of these movies, but I feel like and maybe that's why we have all these stupid cameo after credit scenes instead. Instead of him coming to these people being like there's a greater threat out there, you know, but yeah, it's none of these movies connect except for Spider-Man. And I thought that was just random that they had to do it that way. Emily, what do you think about that? Do you think about Chadwick's um, Chadwick Boseman's um, horrible, untimely death? And um, that's definitely something that's impacting. I think, what do you think about that? I guess I hadn't thought about it in terms of these, all of these movies. Um, I, I just think about it with like the upcoming Black Panther film. And so 
I, I don't know. I think that it would make sense because it was Black Panther was kind of what tied some of the movies together previously. Um, and so it does feel like they're scrambling. It also feels like they're trying to s- throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and also pull from like past things that worked out where they're like, Oh, well like being really like quippy and funny and like cute. It has worked for other movies, but then like in this movie, they had it where it was like to a point where it was like campy where there were moments I'm like, yuck, why would you write that? Like you have more money than God. You can have the best writers to come in and like write exceptional lines. Why did you, why'd you do your characters dirty like that? Um, And so I, and I think that's happened in, in a lot of these movies as I like, think about seeing all of them where it's like oh yeah there were times where it's like why was did you just not know and it's almost like they are a little bit lost we're like you know we had they had a cadence they had a tone they were like we're ready we can do this and then a series of events happened of like chadwick passing away um covid um throwing i, th- I think covid also kind of played a role in like oh what can we do and when it comes to like those end credit scenes of like, oh, we'll just like throw someone famous in. It's like, yeah, none of these end credits have like come to fruition in a way that's like, oh, this is, you're pulling everything together. So that also doesn't help it where it's like, oh, you would see Nick Fury at the end of a movie and like you knew it would lead to the next one. Whereas here, none of these endings have Do like- any of you remember the end credits after Eternals? Off the top of your head. I do, yeah. So in Harry Styles? No, is it Harry? No, I guess. I wasn't talking about that one. But is that the last one? Was that the end of it? That was the mid-credit scene. The end credit scene was Jon Snow and he hears Blade. That's just a perfect example. When is that movie even going to happen? You know, when are we going to see Roy Kinn as Hercules? When are we even going to see Charlize Theron as... Cleo. It's like Shang-Chi is the only one that actually had an end credit scene that actually mattered. Spider-Man was a trailer for Doctor Strange. You know? Like, mm-hmm. like, do, like, I've also heard like that the Eternals bombed so badly that like it like completely like made them second guess their story, connected story going forward. Because like I, I, I want to connect to something that you said sorry to cut you off ted but i I want to um i want to give some some grace in a way that both of you ted and emily that you both alluded to in terms of marvel so first of all i do i i i think for sure that chadwick was being positioned to basically be the new robert downey jr as far as like the face of marvel um and I think that that is true because of the success of Black Panther. Black Panther did about one and a half billion dollars worth of business. In their wildest dreams, they would have never anticipated that. Um, and that's a credit to his performance. That's a credit to Ryan Coogler's direction. That's a credit to, you know, Ludwig Gorenson's score and, you know, Hannah Beckler, who did the production design, won an Oscar for it. Ludwig won an Oscar Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture, first MCU movie for to do that. So the success of Black Panther, I think 
may is what I think that off of the success of Black Panther, they were certainly positioning Chadwick to become the new face, and Chadwick tragically dies, and so they have to reshuffle some things. They have to reshuffle a lot. I definitely think that that was a big blow. Uh, also, to your point, Emily, you know we can't discount the COVID factor, right? COVID caused some of the movies to be reshuffled. WandaVision was not supposed to be the first MCU show. Like WandaVision is what kicked off Phase Four. It wasn't supposed to be like that. Um, Doctor Strange was supposed to come before Spider-Man pre-COVID. And so there's a lot of like things that have to be rearranged. And so I want to give them grace in that sense. I do want to, here's my thought experiment, because I think that we are misremembering what happened in the beginning of the MCU in terms of I, it's 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 revisionist history to suggest that they always knew th- that they were leading the end game because I, they did not. I remember the first Iron Man dropping and I remember seeing a clip years ago from Robert Downey Jr. doing press for Zodiac. Zodiac comes out in 06, I believe, or 07. I think it was 07. Um, he's, he had just been announced as Iron Man, Iron Man comes out in 08 and he's in a press junket for Zodiac and they ask him about him being cast as Iron Man. And he's basically like, yeah, we want to do this movie. If it hits, maybe we can make some sequels. That's what it is. Like they, they did not know the first phase one of the MCU is leading towards Avengers. It's not leading towards, it's not doing the breadcrumbs to Thanos yet. The, the, the purpose of phase four is to get, these six characters in a in a movie at once that was the big thing that had never been done before that was the point and it was not until avengers as they were making avengers it was joss whedon who directed avengers um scumbag as we've come to find out but joss whedon is the one who suggested hey at this at the stinger let's have it be thanos like while they were making the first avengers movie so that's where that's when the Thanos idea comes along. It's not until like the end of phase one where they realize, okay, now this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the infinity saga. We're going to lead into that. So it's, they did not know from the very beginning where they were going. They kind of stumbled into it along the way. And my, my idea is that they kind of got a little high on their own supply, meaning they figured out how they were going to do it. The movies were high quality And then, you know, they thought that, you know, after Endgame, we'll just keep it going without having the thought out plan to be like, okay, this is where we're going to go. And that's that's my theory. I don't know. I've been rambling for a little bit, but what that's that's my thing is that they they felt that they could just like keep it going without doing putting the proper work in to set up what's what's next. And that's why we're in the state we're in right now. I mean, I agree with that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna counterpoint that. I think the reason that like we're having fatigue about Phase Four is how long Phase Four is. Like, all right, we're on Thor: Love and Thunder. I'm gonna quiz you guys. I looked it up right now. There are six more movies in Phase Four. Without looking, can you name all six? They come. You, you, know, like, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to be in order. These are the six movies that are left from now to the next to the next event. 
if there is an event. They haven't even said there's an event. There's six movies and there are like seven TV shows, that looks like. At least the movies, the two movies I know are coming are Black Panther 2 who comes in November and then Ant-Man, uh, Quantumania. All right, that's Those two are the only four. two I can think of. But you, Emily, you got any guesses? Um, Black You're missing Panther. a really obvious one, too. Two really obvious ones you should look at. Black Panther is the only one that I have even thought of. I haven't even thought of like what the next movies will be, but if I had to guess, um, God. Oh, the Marvels. All right, oh, Captain yeah. Oh, the so then, then probably another Captain Marvel? Well, that's the Marvels movie. Oh, that will be the Marvels. Okay. Um, uh, for movies, is it like a Shang-Chi 2 or something? It can't be. No, yeah. There's um, one, one sequel, two originals. Okay, so then would one of the sequels be another Black Widow? She's dead. No, but it would be about uh, yeah, yeah, maybe character. another prequel right. or something. All right, so we got Guardians 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a Blade, apparently, and Fantastic Four. Before, oh. before we even get to the next event. And we still have She-Hulk, uh, Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, I Am Groot, and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for shows. Uh, that's that's the problem with me anymore. Like I like these shows and movies, but it's almost feels like homework to me a little bit right now. Like that sounds terrible. And also like, and like Arnold said he's listening to other podcasts. I think a bigger problem is like none of these new people I've like attached to as much as the other people. And that's probably a me problem. Like the, no one in the internals I care about. The next movie could start with like an aliens type thing where they're all just dead. And let's move forward. I can't even name an Eternals character. Can you guys name a single person from the Eternals besides the actors? Uh, um, Angelina. Yeah, Thena. Okay, so I'm going to Batman. Um, well, I guess with like Eternals, as I think about Eternals, I think that was a, everyone who's it. So Angelina Jolie um, and like Brian John. Tyree Henry, they have like all these people who are like phenomenal actors. That They're like very good at what they do and they put them in this movie and I'm like, you just made this to like have all these names in it. And like you could that, tell that movie was supposed to be the base of what's going forward. Well, yeah. And I liked it. I enjoyed it, but it's not like any of the other Marvel movies. Like it's very chill. It was like too chill. And too long. <laughs> and way too long. Did I send you that tweet, Arnold, about how this movie should get an automatic 10% uh, increase in Rotten Tomatoes because it's under two hours? No, but I... <laughs> I I agree. I think that um, Eternals was tough. Eternals was a big miss. And I think that it's, it sucks because I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it was a ponderous movie and it seemed kind of slapped together too. It seemed like they weren't sure what the ending was going to be. And, um, you know, that kind of started the bad, like mid credits end credits thing. Um, with here's Harry Styles and you know I just I don't know it, it's I realize though I have this in my notes um, my brain is broken 
and I realized I definitely realized it. It was it was solidified after Thor because this is my bias. My bias is so to your point earlier, Ted, about the movies coming. I didn't know that Blade and Fantastic Four were in this phase. I didn't know that that was still. That was just my first Google. Let me see if any more pops up. Maybe I mean maybe it is, but like I didn't even know. Like to me, that's coming. I thought that that was coming like three and four years from now and maybe three and four years from now we'll still be in this phase which is like crazy to think about okay so wikipedia doesn't have to hear those but yeah so for me i'm I'm, my brain is broken because i'm just waiting for x-men i'm just like that's every everything that happens i'm look i thought it would be a Eternals. I thought Eternals would be some kind of thing where it's like I'm. I'm always looking for how are they going to explain the mutants, like one of the mutants coming, and how are they going to explain their existence from the fact that they haven't been here for the last twelve years? Like, what are they going to do? I thought it would be with WandaVision, right? Wanda brings in Evan Peters. That was their first big fumble. Is bringing in Evan Peters and WandaVision. You had a that's that's a layup. Wanda freaks out. Her anxiety induces her to open up the multiverse. She pulls Quicksilver from the other universe. He's here now. Now the X-Men are here. That's it. That's a layup. And they fumbled it. And that was like the first inkling for me that I was like, something's wrong. Like that was the first like huge, like fumbling the bag that Marvel had done. And now you've seen interviews where Sam Raimi was like, uh, I can't think of who plays Mr. Fantastic right now. Krasinski. Krasinski. John Krasinski. And, he, and he's like, yeah, that was fan service. I don't even care who they picked. Like, so they, And that's like, did you even care that was Xavier then? Or was that like Marvel right. being like, put these people in there, kill them, we don't care. And that that bothers me. Another you know? back fumble. So for me, and maybe that's unfair of me, because as a kid growing up, like, I, again, Iron Man was a B-level character. All of these are, Captain America was a B-level kid. Like the crown jewels of Marvel was Spider-Man and the X-Men, especially the X-Men for me, because like I'm biased because X-Men is my favorite comic. But those were undoubtedly like the most popular Marvel characters. Marvel can't use them. Marvel Studios can't use them because they don't have access to them because they belong to Fox. So they built around Iron Man and Captain America and these other B-level like Avengers. Okay, now they can do it. And I understand that those things take time. I understand that it takes time to integrate those things, but like I'm impatient and I'm like, if you can use the X-Men, then use them, get them in here and figure the shit out. And I'm like at my wits end with it. And that's, again, that's like my own bias. And I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that more about myself now. Cause I'm like, I'm just too thirsty to see them. And I'm not like allowing the movies to breathe on their own. Yeah. Marvel, like, like, I don't want to say fumble in the bag, but like, of the like they are like it's just like they're taking away our goodwill and like just assuming we're going to see these movies and i but when did when did they when did we stop though we can say that we didn't like thor or we doc, dr strange was okay but we're all going to go see these movies on opening weekend what's it going to take like of those movies that i just said are any of them you're not going to go see as soon as you can i'm not going to see ant-man i've not seen any of the ant-man movies oh is there any other ones that you haven't seen is there okay. any is it just I haven't seen Captain Marvel. I haven't seen. Let me let me just do a quick little. Well, Captain Marvel's trash, but the Ant-Man movies are fun. I love those movies. Yeah, I wasn't. They didn't look exciting to me, and so I didn't see it. So I 
saw so i didn't see the middle spider-man movie <laughs> um i just was like i want to see this new one and i better go see it and now i think i have access to disney plus and i just haven't watched anything because i've been moving but um i think those are the only ones i haven't seen well disney plus is like a fire host of face and it needs to chill i'm still like four episodes behind obi-wan i'm two episodes behind miss marvel like i just like you they just need to, they need to stop like one show every month or two and then give me two months off to like catch up you know but like miss marvel i i we can get into that later they're, they're really fumbling the bag on that show like I'm only four episodes in. I think Mark Arnold's a little ahead of me. So they, uh, where they're at now in episode four, they, they left Jersey City. Should have been the second season. That, that's, that's an interesting take. And maybe we can hold that because I don't know if Emily's seen Miss Marvel or not. But actually, I, I'm, I'm enjoying Miss Marvel a lot. I can, see what you're, I can see what you mean about it being a second season. This is a broader... MCU TV show issue and that they should at least be eight episodes and not six. Like that's kind of ridiculous, but I'm, I, I am enjoying Miss Marvel a lot. Um, they should have had the feds be the bad guy season one and the other one that's comes in later season two. I can get, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can see what you're saying there for sure. Um, there's a couple of movies like my blind spot was the first captain America movie. I didn't watch that in full until like two years ago. And Captain Marvel, I think I like Captain Marvel more than a lot of people do, but it's kind of just like it could have been so much better. And I'm hoping that this next one, um, Nia DaCosta, who directed the Candyman movie, she's directing this new Captain Marvel movie or the Marvels movie. I'm hoping it's a lot better because that character, I love that character. I have a couple of Captain Marvel, um, Carol Danvers comics uh, upstairs. <laughs> And the actress is great, and I can't even name her yeah. right now. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah, she's and great. They don't know how to write for her or something. Like, she's amazing and, and so charismatic in so many other stuff. And Captain Marvel, she's just kind of wooden and, you know, and it didn't help that apparently they filmed Endgame before the original. They said that, like, backwards, right? Endgame was filmed first, and then Captain Marvel was filmed or something. So, which is weird. But we, we probably should talk about Thor a little bit since we, we kind of got sidetracked on the MCU. Greater storytelling, you know. Um, I did have a question for you, too. I went and saw this movie with my dad and my sons the second time around. My dad laughed, full belly laughs, every time those damn goats were on TV in the movie. <laughs> and those goats did nothing for me. Like, where did you guys fall on the human screaming goats? Like, it was literally probably a scary part of the movie. Like, every time they showed up, just straight up laughter from him. Which is weird to me. It got some chuckles. It was better, you know, the it was better in the beginning. The longer it went on, it kind of like lost some of the novelty. But um I didn't mind. I thought it was a funny bit, yeah, like the first couple times. After that, it was a little, you know, your mileage might vary a little bit. I think overall, like the middle of the movie is very funny. And the ends of the movie are kind of like, I mean, the end is obviously really like emotional and stuff like that, but like, it kind of takes a while to get going in my opinion, as far as like the laughs. Um, Emily, what do you think? I agree. And I like the person sitting next to me had comments all throughout the movie. I was like, how do I politely tell this stranger we're in a movie theater. You can't just be like, I don't like this, like leave. Um, <laughs> uh, so with that, I was like, 
you don't like them, I'm going to like them because you are annoying. <laughs> right. And I'm glad that they annoy you. Um, and so I'm petty and liked them for that reason. But yes, there were times where I'm like, well, a little unnecessary. But at the beginning, I thought they were very funny. Oh, when uh, Nebula's like, I'll put them out of their misery. I'll put them down or something. That part was great. But uh, yeah, yeah. speaking of people I wanted to kill the theater, I went to the 340 show of Thor. First showing of the day of the year for this movie. And someone in Friendly checked their cell phone 10 times. I'm like, why are you here? Why are you here? Opening show. Why are you even here? Like, so um, Arnold mentioned the end. I, I, I haven't gotten goosebumps, I think, twice in the stage four, phase four. But when he gets those kids the power and uh, the member rain pops, that part, just straight up. Like that whole five minute spot there, pure joy. Just up until like the kid has the teddy bunny and she's just spinning, killing all the shadow creatures. Like, oh man, my kids dug that. I dug that part. That part was great. It just it's, wish it go ahead. No, I was just saying that's something you don't see a lot in the MCU movies, like the, you know, the getting the kids involved. And I like that part a lot too. Um, I thought that was really cool and his interactions with the kids and you know, Thor, I think, always thrives when he's like in the fish fish out of water situations. So like in the first movie, like they put him in, you know, he's a magical space Viking and now he's on Earth, fish out of water. And then certainly Thor Ragnarok, he's on Sakaar and he's kind of like doesn't know what's going on. Um, and in the same way, it's like oh, you've, we've never seen him interact with kids before. Um, so he's kind of like trying to awkwardly relate to them and figure out what's going on. And then at the end, you know, he like empowers them and, you know, you see the, the deepening, the deepening bond between them. And then certainly with the daughter at the end, at the very end. And so, their shape is the tree of life, which is great or whatever yeah. it is from the Thor movies, you know? Yeah. Really cool. I like that a lot too. I liked, I, I, I feel like if, do you guys, do you want to talk about what you liked about the movie? Cause to me, I feel like the emotional, beat to the movie worked really well with the kids and the parent child relationships and then the Thor Jane relationship. I thought all that was handled pretty well. What did y'all think? I mean, the kids are great. Um, I like the uh, Axel, you know, it's high male son, except when Korg says Axel, my seven-year-old thought he called him asshole <laughs> straight up and was like, and then he was repeating it for like five minutes in the theater. It's like, oh, he called Axel. I'm like, no, that's not what he said. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he said Axel. I was like, no, no, I heard him. You know, like the Korg is always great. Um, I, I, I feel so bloodthirsty. I've been mentioning a lot of shows like Stranger Things and shows like, or like they need to start killing people. It would upset me if Korg died. Korg needed to die. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. Like, because after he comes back, he doesn't add anything. But like, just comic really. I guess someone for Valkyrie to talk to on the boat. But like, or is that made that would have made that movie too dark if Korg had died. I did love my 10 year old realizing the pun when Korg gets his husband, Dwayne, like him, like clicking that he's a rock. Oh, oh. that's good. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I you didn't think either one of you guys no. did that? No, I thought I it was cute. I thought it was I didn't funny. put that together. That's I, good. I, I had to like, I had to like, you know, tip him there. I'm like, what was that guy's name? And He's like, The Rock, Dwayne. Oh, and like, and like, yeah, like, touch grandpa. Hey, did you catch that? You know, like, but like, yeah, like, I love all things of kid. Um, 
Jane stuff was fine. It, the tone shifts are a little awkward, you know. Um, Valkyrie's also great. If anything, if anyone deserves their own show or movie, give her a bunch of money and let it go. I wish we would have saw her and Jane by themselves earlier. Like, but that would have ruined the reveal, I guess. I don't know. And those those damn goats. And Christian Bale is probably the best villain that they've had in a while. And then they kind of just didn't know how to use him. You know, but yeah, Christian Bale. We haven't even talked about him yet. He was great. I agree. Christian Bale was super dope. Emily, what else did you like? Um, I agree with the kids. I thought it brought it back to who the consumers are. Like, I know all these movies are rated PG-13. Maybe Morbius was rated R. I didn't see it. It looked scary, but it's in the, you know, Marvel world. But um, I liked that. I was like, this is tying it back to, like, who is going to be watching this? Like, not everyone watching it. Like, of course, adults are going to go see it. But, like, it's nice to see movies incorporate children in a way that's not being like, well, you're a child and you can't do this. And then a child does something that's just like wildly unreasonable. Like they're not going to do that. But whereas like this, it's like, yeah, they were given these powers for a short amount of time. Not that that would happen, but it's just like the dynamic worked really well. Um, And I did, I I definitely cried at the end of Thor. I, I was like, oh, I like that there's a lot of like, there's a lot of healthy man feelings in this movie. Like, I think that is what it was where I'm like, oh, like all of these men are trying to like experience their feelings in like a constructive way. Um, that it's good to see in entertainment because for whatever reason, men are like, I can't have feelings. I don't want to engage with feelings. And so for it to be very like in your face, like, yes, he's unhappy that like he and Jane broke up and they split apart, and he is very unhappy when she died. Like, I think that's very important um, to be seen. Um, and then Jane, I liked Jane. I think that when it came to Jane, um, they kind of like, with her trying to have like a catchphrase, I did not love that. Yeah, it was, that was one of the bits that like didn't really work that well seem one of those that's probably was better like written down in the way that it was executed yeah um i think that this is a movie about like relationships it's about the thor jane relationship it's about um the one of the bits i liked was the you know stormbreaker being jealous of mjolnir i thought that was really funny um it's uh he's still like his relationship to his weapons and, and and how that's who a part of who he is and then the the gore and his daughter relationship and then you know not to get to like psychoanalyze it or or whatever but like our relationship to what we believe in right people's relationship to um whatever god they serve or you know whatever higher power they believe in and, and what happens when you feel like um you get let down um, by what you believe in, like that type of stuff. So, you know, it's 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 put through the context of this funny blonde-haired superhero and his rock best friend. But um, some of the stuff, you know, when they try to execute it, some of the stuff works. Some of the stuff works better than than others. I definitely agree. Put Tessa Thompson in more things. I wish he had had more to do in this movie. Um, 
But yeah, the the last thing that I that I really liked about the movie was the visuals, especially when they go to the shadow realm. Um, and it kind of goes to black and white and it looks like a noir film. Uh, I've never really seen that in an MCU movie before. And that battle sequence is cool when they're like running around the moon and stuff like that. Like visually, that stuff was all re- really, really cool. So, And when they ran into the moon, like you thought the moon was farther away, they just like crash into it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, one of my favorite parts of the movie was like the very end when him and his, I guess, niece or whatever, like are going to battle. Like, I guess Leo's feeling good, right? And then they revealed that's why the movie's called Thor Love and Thunder, which I thought was cool. Except who knows when we're gonna get another one because did you hear that Hemsworth did not know that they put that little part at the end? He's like, is that talking about me or is that is Natalie Portman coming back? Like, you know Thor will return. Yeah. Yeah. So um that part was great. Uh like I said, uh Gore is great. I should know who the first god he is that he killed, but looking at IMDB, I don't recognize that person, so that bothers me. Like that guy like looked really familiar to me, you know. Like I said, the movie's good. Movie of all the phase four movies is the one that's most likely that if I'm bored on a Sunday, I could put on a swatch, which sucks because which we've mentioned before on another podcast, these being on Disney Plus, you can't just be like it's on TNT. I'm gonna watch half an hour of this. You have to go, you know, start the movie somewhere. Um, yeah, it, I like the movie. I rank it pretty high. I mean, we can discuss our phase four rankings if you guys want to get into that. I don't know if, if we want to do that at all or what, but did we do it last time? We can integrate it into what we did last time. We did last time, but I couldn't tell you what my ranking was. I just have it written down here. I would say it's... I should have... Oh, I don't know if I actually... I just have them written down here. I don't know if we actually ranked them. Maybe we did. I would say... Are they out of order on different people's names? From from the outline, you mean? Yeah. No. Uh, no, I think I just wrote them down because I know that this isn't like I would put. Um, so the, the six movies from this phase are um, Thor, Eternals, Doctor Strange, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man No Way Home and Black Widow. I would say in descending order, the worst of them is Eternals. Um, then I would probably say, um, then Shang-Chi and then, no, I liked, I liked Shang-Chi more than I liked Multiverse of Madness. So I would go Eternals, Multiverse of Madness, Shang-Chi, uh, Thor, No Way Home. And number one, I will put Black Widow. I feel like I'm going crazy because a lot of people like, hey, I've heard a lot of lists where Black Widow is like the worst. And I'm like, y'all are tripping. Like, that is a solidly good spy movie. None of these movies are outstanding. Like, let's, I'll just put it that way. But I thought that Black Widow was, they had some, probably the best acted movie out of this phase. And Florence just, Pugh. Exactly. Who's just dunking on everyone? She's yeah. just like incredible in the movie. Just it's, I said, I think I tweeted like it was like watching Dominique Wilkins in like '86, just like dunking on everyone. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's, 
just a really solid like spy thriller and that's i mean i like movies like that and i also knew that it wouldn't you know the end credits to that is like leading into hawkeye basically but like i knew i w- that wasn't going to connect to a different movie because it t- takes place in the past so i liked it a lot more than i thought i would and i thought it was just a really solid like spy movie that was well executed so those are my rankings I'll give you my 10-year-old sons. His was Black Widow was number one. I asked this kid three separate times over the last three days so I can make sure that Black Widow was one, which he, he Good never, taste. Talks, never talks about it, but he loves that movie apparently. And then it was Spider-Man, Thor, uh, Doctor Strange, Shang-Chi, Eternals. I think ours is the same. I think we have the same, which, you know, the same order. So I don't know if that's a Black Widow is on those because he knows the character longer or if he just really likes that movie. You know, I feel mine is going to be Thor, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Multiverse, and Eternals. But really, like, those top three can just be... I really need to watch Black Widow again and Shang-Chi because I I enjoyed Shang-Chi in the theater. I did too. I have not watched it again, though. Because like the CGI dragon fest at the end, like really left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, own. if that Shang Chi would be higher if the last thirty minutes weren't what they were. That's my opinion. Emily, do you want to give us a ranking? Yeah, I think it's fairly. Have you, have you seen all of them? I have seen all of them. <laughs> okay, I, I have. I have made an effort to go see all of these movies this year. Um, they're the only movies I've seen. Um, so I got to change that because. I don't want to be that person who only you go see Marvel. Top Gun. I Top Gun last year. If you'd asked me last year, what movie do you think you're going to see next year? Top Gun. Top Gun was going to be the only movie I saw this year. And I haven't seen it. Um, Cause I don't go to a lot of movies. Um, I used to go to a ton in high school and then I stopped and now I'm trying to go to more, but um, so I liked Black Widow a lot. I liked the themes. I liked the movie. Um, so I, I do stay on brand liking that one the best. And I don't know. I probably then No Way Home Thor, Shang-Chi. I mean, you know, Multiverse of Madness. We talked about that when it came, after it came out and I, it scared me. So I didn't really love that one. And then the more I sit with like the Eternals and I, after seeing all these movies, like, I liked Eternals because I, I thought it was just like a, it was a nice movie. I have terrible taste. That's also part of this is that like most things I watch, I'm like, I like that. That was good. There's only been like one movie in the last couple of years. I'm like, I never want to see this movie again. It was the Irishman because it was like 20 hours long. Um, that movie but, wrecked me. Yeah, it was so long. And I saw it in theaters because I went with people from work. We did as like a, oh, wow. a team activity. And I'm like, when does this end? I want to go <laughs> home. Um, and and so with Eternals, I, it did feel long, but like most movies are too long and most Marvel movies are too long. Um, but yeah, I would, I would kind of say that's my, my ranking. I will, I will definitely rewatch Black Widow, Thor. I don't know if I'll rewatch Spider-Man, even though I liked it a lot. And I would rewatch Shang-Chi. Because I re- like to see movie. 
to be heartbreaking when we were watching Spider-Man. So my, my kids just like watch it constantly on their tablets. Like they never want to watch it on TV. Mm. Like it's just like in their rotation. They're watching that movie over and over again. I do respect Eternals for like the swings it took, by the way. Like, I like that. Marvel needs more movies like that. It just sucks that they didn't hit. That's when like I get very angry when people are like, M. Night Shyamalan still making movies. Who's paying him? I'm like, man, the men makes original movies. Let them keep going. Like, like, you know, I liked old. Have you guys seen old? No. I haven't. I heard it was good though. I mean, it's good. I mean, for what it is, you know, but like, yeah, like I like, I wish, I mean, you should revisit. Maybe you should watch Eternals again. I feel like it'll be tough to watch Eternals again. <laughs> I, I really think didn't like it. Eternals is an example of like, sometimes movies just like don't work the way you want them to because the actors, I loved all the actors. I love the director, Chloe Zhao. Sometimes things just don't connect in the way that you're anticipating them. Like that happens. That's not just Marvel movies. That's like a whole host of movies that are by like directors you like and they have the actors and it's like on paper, it's like, this is the best movie ever. And then you see it and like the execution is just like not not quite up to um, the sum of its parts, but you know, that's kind of, you know, that's the way it goes. And I also respect Eternals for the swings that it took. Cause I don't, you know, I've been down with Marvel comics since I was a kid, but like, I'm tired of seeing the same old stuff too. So it's this balancing act between, you know, we're comparing it to the highs of phase two into phase three, especially that stretch of, you know, if you want to start with Guardians 2, I think, and then it was, you know, the, the big high was like Ragnarok and the Black Panther and the Infinity War. I had like forgotten that Black Panther came after Ragnarok. That that blew me away from it when you, when you said that earlier today. Yeah. Because Ragnarok was like November of 17 and then, yeah, February of 18 was Black Panther. Because in my head, the ending of Ragnarok should lead straight into Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And so that, that surprised me. Yeah. So like that three movie stretch is like probably the best that they've. Well, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Ever done. It's Guardians two, Spider Man Homecoming, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, and then I guess yeah. Ant Man the Wasp, which is a never another perfectly, yeah. you know, and Ant Man the Wasp is a perfectly good Phase Four movie. It literally does not connect to anything. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It has Walter Goggins in it. You know. But, like, it just, it's fine. And I think people didn't care that it didn't connect anything because they'd already told you beforehand that, like, hey, this is between Infinity War and Endgame. It's not going to matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't, right? You know. So let's, let's, um, let's wrap up with this. And this is a very, this is a very important question. Um, we have a very pivotal movie coming up in November, which is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the sequel to Black Panther. Um, what are we wanting out of that movie? What are we wanting out of Black Panther? And this is like maybe the most, not for anything related to the broader story, but like this is going to be one of the most consequential MCU movies because it's following a phenomenon in Black Panther, but it's going to be without um Chadwick Boseman who look man like when we lost Chadwick it was like losing a family member um 
I've never been that impacted by a celebrity's passing. And it's beyond just Black Panther. Black Panther certainly is a huge part of it, but like he just gave everything that he had um, culturally. Uh, he just gave so much. And so it's it's that's going to be a very difficult movie for me to watch. I feel like a lot of people are going to feel that way. Um, but yeah, let's let's end on this note. Like, what do we what are we expecting from Black Panther? What do you not even what are we expecting? But like, what do you want from that movie? Emily, I want to hear you first. I'm wanting like a cohesive storyline. It doesn't, I don't care if it fits with the rest of these movies. Like it doesn't matter if it fits with the rest of these movies. It matters that like it as a standalone, because we already know it's going to be critiqued a little bit harsher than some of the other ones. That's not to say that like, Black Widow didn't, people weren't saying terrible things about Black Widow because it was a movie about women or Shang-Chi because it was about Asian Americans. But like the follow, because I, I, I enjoy Black Panther. I think it was good and I, you know, nominated for awards and all this, but people still were like, well, it wasn't that good. Like it wasn't that, it was nominated for awards it was that good it was it was a good storyline the movie itself made sense from start to finish like it was just a well done film and so i don't want it to be like i guess my fear is that like this next one happens and then it's like well we have like other like people of color that we've brought into the marvel universe do we really need to keep black panther and like, I think there's like a fear of that because it's like, well, I want to continue to see representation. Yes, Tessa Thompson, you know, her being in Thor, great. Um, not the same as having like, when speaking to like the black community, people who are like dark skinned black people, like little kids need to see that. Um, and so that, I guess like, I have high expectations just from like a, oh my God, I hope that this is good so that they can keep making these movies and carry on. I don't really care what it's about. I'm going to see it. Um, and just as long as it is tight from start to finish so that there's more opportunities for it to like continue on it. And it can be that centerpiece for like Marvel movies, because I think that would be huge. Ted, what about you? This is where like, it's tough for me to discuss this movie. Cause I love this movie. And like, it, there's so much pressure on it. And the first one introduced so many, so many amazing characters and actors that I didn't know. Like I was just looking at right now. Um, like obviously uh, Chadwick I had known earlier, but like Mike, would you already know, but like the guy who plays uh, M'Baku. I'm going to murder these names. I'm sorry. I can't speak names anyways, but like also, you know, Suri, you know, like they introduced so many integral characters that I love from that movie that I want to see in other MCU movies. So when they show up in like Endgame and Infinity War, I'm like, I love these characters, but like, I don't know how they, the pressure on this movie and the takes on this movie are going to make it. So it's terrible. Not the movie, just online discourse. This movie, I feel like it's going to be bad. Like that's, that's what I'm worried about. Like when I can even think about something is like last Jedi, you know, you're going to have like, fandoms and people that are like 
one way and then like it's just gonna it's not gonna it's gonna get ugly and I, I don't know how they pulled off like how do you guys think they pulled off like i'm sure arnold has been thinking about this for since chadwick passed how do you pull this off and and i really want to ask you guys all because i see like a few of the ringer writers that are like very vocal that they should recast t'challa where do you guys fall on that i mean i i, I don't my opinion in this matter does not matter because to be honest like I shouldn't. He's your guys's. You know, I don't know how to say that. I'm sounding like an asshole on the show. I'm sorry. I it's quit. all good. <laughs> no, I um, I I want to. I have a lot of thoughts. As far as recasting T'Challa, I feel like that's um, the way that that discussion has been framed online has been very disingenuous, in my opinion, because the way that Black Panther exists in a screen format which is what most people know is because of Chadwick. Um, the character has existed for a long time, um, but the character in the popular consciousness exists in the way it does because of Chadwick. And so there's a way to do it that is respectful and would work, but not like, I don't want to see to me, it's it's the multiverse route where we acknowledge I what I want out of the next movie to answer the first question is I, I want the movie to acknowledge and be respectful and honor what Chadwick did with that role. And then I wanted to do that and then also find a way to push the story forward. That's what I would like. Um, that's a really basic answer to what I would like. But you cannot have another actor play that role and it just be like like the same, like like nothing's different. Like you bring you utilize the multiverse, in my opinion, is that you bring in a, a T'Challa from a different universe as a different actor and you you find a work around that way if you want to do that. If they don't do that, I would be completely fine with that. And there are people who disagree with me on that, and that's fine. But like, I'm not trying to see some other mid thirties black actor as T'Challa and like nothing has ever like no, like that's not. I'm not trying to see that. That was that's a horrible idea to me. Um, but there's a way that you do if you want to keep that character going. Which I understand that point. I understand if you want to continue to have someone being a T'Challa as the Black Panther, that's fine. But you have to you have to do a multiverse thing. That's my opinion. You have to bring in a, a different one. And you also have to acknowledge, you know, Chadwick is gone. And I don't want it to be, I don't know what they're gonna do for this movie, but I don't want to be like he's on vacation or he's in this other place and he's ever, like, no, we all we all understand what happened. We all felt the impact of that. Don't skirt the issue. Be straight up. This character has asked or moved like whatever it is but like don't to anything else beyond beyond acknowledging that this that Chadwick is gone and is not coming back anything that's not that is is, is cheaping it's cheap to me it cheapens it and it, it does a disservice to us and our intelligence and also how important and impactful Chadwick was and so my last thing before I pass it to Emily um, Ryan Coogler if you're listening I want to speak directly to you now um, I've been down since Fruitvale Station. We're, we're the same age. 
I admire you as much as any celebrity figure that's that is in America right now. They got to let you cook. Whatever it is, whatever this movie is, this is your movie. This is your moment. This is your movement. You make sure they let they let you cook. If they let you cook, it'll be a success. And that's all I got. Emily, what do you think? I agree that there needs to be tribute paid to Chadwick. And I think when it comes to uh, replacing him, it would be awful if they, if kind of what they did in like Iron Man, where they're like, we just put in a different black guy. I'm like, this black man doesn't even like look the same as the original black man. I think if contracts don't line up, but oh my God, at least try to make it work it's like on the fresh prince of bel-air like what these are these two women are so different um yeah we don't need an obvious situation no and so i think just to avoid that altogether they should they should not try to replace t'challa like no how they how they go about like going the storyline i think you said some like good options that would be fine or if you know they pull someone and it's like a you know they utilize the multiverse and it's a woman who becomes great even better but they've they've already in the what if they already have it there that if they can get michael b jordan to come back he's black panther in the what if show which is canon also terrence howard is a better roadie and i love the uh sorry Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I quit. I just quit. I just been talking. He's he's okay, roadie, but turns out I thought it was a better roadie. Mm. He, like, he's more grounded. Do you not agree? You don't think he's a better roadie? Terrence Howard? It's tough because, like, he was only in the one movie, so I'm, like, yeah. so used to Don Cheadle. I feel like he keeps Downey in check more. Like, he's a more serious... Pro- but like back to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I don't know how they're gonna stick this landing. This is to 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 take another movie. Uh, you know, it's very much Carrie Fisher from kind of Last Skywalker, and they fumbled that. So <laughs> I don't. Yeah, please, God, no, no Rise of Skywalker. It's like we, ugh, no. And then you, and then you have uh, the girl who plays Siri, right? Uh, who's sister, right? Yeah. It's just problematic as all. So, yeah. like, I don't want her leading a movie. And that's very, I guess, I don't want to, I hate the word cancel, whatever. I don't think, I don't want her. I don't want her being a role model. Right. So, I'm just real curious to how they're going to do this movie. I'm like, I guarantee that trailer, when it drops, will be one of the most downloaded trader, trailers of all time. You know, like, when do you think that drops? When it comes out in November? The they Thor trailer didn't do drop. Like- no, the Thor trailer was late. They usually do it like four months out. And then we're already, what is this? August, September, October. Yeah, we're about four months out now. So I but the I don't think they're gonna drop that trailer while it's not at least until like the fourth week or something that Thor has been out. So yeah. I don't know. Like, and that's where like we bring up the teaser thing. Like, I don't know why they couldn't figure out a teaser at the end of Thor for you know Black Panther 2. I don't know what it would have been. So but I don't know. I'm going to go see the movie. I'm excited. It's my, my 10 year old's one of his favorite superheroes. So we're there, you know, and 
I just really hope it'll F up. I trust Kugler, but this will be like his probably his toughest project. Like, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know. 100%. I was in my car the other day and I was listening to Spotify and I played the main Wakanda theme and I almost cried. So it's, uh, it's going to be an emotional one. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, I mean, do you have ideas like what you would do, I guess, or do you not want to toss us out into the universe? I mean, we're going to go along here. I can't even, I, I, I probably do have some ideas, but I would have to sit with it. Maybe we'll do a pre black Panther pod and we can discuss that. Cause like it's black Panther. That's, that's worthy of multiple podcasts. So we might do a pre one and a post one. And I'll listen to them all. You know, like I can't think of the actor's name who's in us and plays M'Baku, but like I saw him being Daniel Kaluuya. I love him. No, that's no, no, Winston, no, no, no. Winston, yeah, you're, yeah, Winston Duke. Winston Duke. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Winston Duke. Yeah, I was Winston thinking, Duke. get out. Oh my god. Yeah, he's Wakabi, uh, who I, th- I think he's going to be in the next movie. But yeah, he's also well, in but. also in Nope. Comes out in two weeks. Pretty excited. You're pretty excited about that one. Um, we were discussing that one, yeah. But like, would you think that be? Would you be unhappy if they just did that? Like, because he tried being Black Panther in the original movie. Like he. I'm sorry. Well, save for another podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. Point yeah. Spot. We'll, point spot. We'll, sorry. we'll, we'll discuss, we'll do a pre black Panther podcast and then we'll maybe when the trailer drops, we'll yeah, do we can a just trailer, trailer, trailer reaction. Trailer. Yeah. So, but yeah. Thanks for coming. I love, I like Thor. I'm throwing it out there. I like it. I know that's, it's, it's not as great as all the other ones, but you know, it's a fun watch. Yes. It's cute. You know, the screaming goats. Plus cute. <laughs> and, uh, and Korg, Korg found love. As only the MCU can barely, you know, <laughs> touch on sexuality like that. They have to keep on the outskirts. You know, they can't just come out and say it. So we can't see Valkyrie's girlfriend. We can only hear about her, her girlfriend. Right. So, but that's all I got. Thanks for coming on. Let me come on. Thank you for coming on. And thank you all for listening. I'm sure you'll hear from us again soon. Um, and for sure about the like Black Panther trailer and then of course the Black Panther movie in November. So you will hear from us. Yeah, it's the next big movie, right? Black Panther. I mean, unless you count Nope or Bullet Train. Like this summer's weird. Like lots of big gaps in movies. Yeah. We're not we're not doing a Minions podcast. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. But <laughs> yeah, same. We'll we'll listen to all Minions related content. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, y'all. We'll see you next time. Thanks, y'all. Bye.